Welcome to episode 532 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I'm continuing my review of the complete books of Charles Fort. As always, you can find all episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening, whether you are here for the live streams on Discord or if you listen to the um, podcast or YouTube feeds or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP Digital Broadcasting. There you can hear replays of two episodes of the show every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I'd like to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing these shows and putting them up on the station the, the way you hear them, uh, but also with music at the beginning and end of every episode. If you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and rate and review it on your podca- podcast platform of choice. Uh, you can also find some paranormal fiction and nonfiction books I've written over on Amazon. And um, I also have a Patreon page where you can find one extra episode per month of uh, True Paranormal Stories from the Web. And um, there's, um, or you can, um, and over there, I lost my place. Um, there you can sign up for any any membership tier level to get those episodes. and Or you can just um, make a one-time donation through PayPal. Uh, help is never expected, but always appreciated as there are expenses in making these shows. Uh, from equipment to research materials uh, to um, travel expenses in some cases. And uh, help is ne- never expected, like I said, but um, these days it's always appreciated. And uh, so, yeah, I think that covers all of that. Uh, we're continuing the review of the these AI-generated summaries of uh, the different chapters in uh, the last of Charles Fort's books, which is Wild Talents. And um, it's been a lot of fun. Also, just um, so everyone knows, I will be back to doing um, the True Paranormal Stories from the Web episodes next week. I just needed a week to sort of build up the reserve um, the basically the collection of the stories um, that I read for, for those shows so that I would have some extra again. And so those will be back starting next week again. So this was just a one week of all these um, these shows, <clears throat> excuse me, for these shows being these reviews. But uh, I don't mind that so much because we're getting really close to being done with this. So then we can sort of do a review show or However, it works out depending on how how much of a show I end up with once I finish. Um, and then again, I still need to post in the Discord. Definitely recommend everyone joins the Discord if you listen to the show. Um, the options for the next book that we want to review because I have a few in mind already. So I wouldn't mind some input as far as what you all think would be good to do, good to talk about next. So getting back to these. Um, Summaries here around chapter 14. Yeah, chapter 14. Uh, this chapter 
examines a number of strange cases where uh, mysterious bombardments of stones or other objects occurred in homes where someone was seriously ill or dying. That's odd. I hadn't heard of that before. It questions conventional explanations for illness and disease uh, outbreaks. Okay. Uh, it says in 1890, uh, volleys of stones, and basically just lots of, lot of stones, broke glass in the home of a Mr. Uh, Piddock, I'm not sure, P-I-D-D-O-C-K, where his daughter was passing away. Uh, in 1883, stones fell inside a closed room where a man was dying. Uh, let me see here. In 1905, in Port of Spain, Trinidad, a boarding house was pelted with stones originating from no clear source, centered on a sick person there. Other cases tell of mysterious uh, bullets or objects flying about and other unexplained violent phenomena in homes with uh, an invalid in inhabitant. Um, I don't care for that word, but okay. Uh, the, the text speculates on a comparative anatomy approach to analyzing disparate cases and uh, fitting them to a larger model that uh, could point to underlying connections, but it argues forcefully that there are phenomena um, science currently cannot explain, including possible links between human emotional states and uh, strange occurrences. Definitely, I think that's um, right on there. So many cases of uh, any kind of paranormal experiences, emotions are almost always involved somehow, whether they happen before or during or after. They're almost always there. Um, so reports by dozens of policemen witnessing events they cannot account for are noted. The text urges an openness to looking critically at mainstream scientific explanations for uh, disease and supposed causes of outbreaks. Uh, and that's where that one ends. There's no period there. Oh, yeah, there is. Never mind. Um, legally blind here. That's always fun. Anyway, so that's where that chapter ends. Um, and the emotional thing is definitely part of that. I never realized until sort of getting into all these topics that um, there is this idea that we put off more energy than we realize. And it took me a long time. I'm still, there are times I still have a hard time. Uh, hard, there are cases where I still have a hard time with the idea of people sort of generating enough energy for things to happen. But other times it seems like, well, okay, that maybe that makes, makes sense. Um, so, and that's just my own biases, <clears throat> my own sort of based on my own experiences. Um, again, I don't ever claim to know anything. Um, Derek in the chat says, uh, stones is a weird one though. Um, I'm blanking on theories. Yeah. I mean, it, it's more possible portals more possible um, just weirdness with that, or at least um, just teleportation. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, only Sasquatch throws stones. So, and of course, um, 
joking here. So I got nothing on this. I think he was uh, Jeff was joking, maybe um, based on the emotes. Yeah, that's that's a that's a common idea too. Is that it's 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 basically cryptids doing that. But then there are cases where, obviously, and I know I'm sure that people know this, where there is no obvious. Again, just like the text describes, there's no obvious source. So I don't doubt that in some cases it can be cryptids, can be Sasquatch, Bigfoot. But um, then in others, I wonder if that's as usual. I don't think that's the only explanation uh, for anything. So. Um, getting back to the material here, but yeah, the stones, I hadn't heard of the connection. I've heard plenty of cases of, of objects flying around, and but I hadn't heard of the connection with um, people being sort of ill or passing away around the same time. That is odd. I wonder if that's sort of a, just a gathering of so much energy and maybe entities that it sort of leads to these different things happening. Because there are plenty of stories of of more, I don't want to say minor, but other things happening that aren't don't involve stones and things flying around, um, people having appar apparitions, um, yeah, like a reverse of paying the ferryman with uh, with coins. Yeah, Derek in the chat there, maybe some uh, somebody is taking souls and leaving rocks. That's an idea. That's wow. Um, and I mean, stones, they have energy in some cases, probably a lot of cases. So, but, um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. That's an, that's a, I wonder what kind of, um, yeah, there's a, that's a rabbit hole to go down. Um, thank you for that, Derek. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so let me get to the next chapter here and we'll go from there. Uh, chapter 15. Uh, this chapter is, uh, I'm sorry, examines strange cases of explosive and fire-related phenomena, um, questioning conventional explanations. It sees connections between some of the occurrences and emotional states of people nearby. So he was into that idea again. Uh, he continues to, and this isn't really, I'm not saying the further back you go, the, the less intelligent people are. But this is the first time I've heard of this from this far back. Anyway, specific cases discussed include, excuse me, poltergeist-like disturbances in a Chicago home in 19, 1900, basically, um, including repeated, explo repeated explosive sounds at human height levels. Uh, from 1905 to 1908, Detonations like bomb blasts heard in a British woman's house. In 1880 in Minnesota, an apparent psychic bomb, in quotation marks, blew through a house wall, injuring a resident. A 19, I'm sorry, an A1925 case of a young London boy grievously harmed in a mysterious uh, house explosion. The sudden tremendous 1910 explosion that destroyed a London home um, just vacated by its owners. The um, 1885 account of a man in India witnessing an explosion and mist, defying explanation. Mists are also something that happens in a lot of um, in and around and before, during, and after paranormal events, apparently. 
1931 demonstration of a German inventor uh, exploding munitions from afar with anti-war rays. That's a that's an odd one. <clears throat> um, the legal uh, legal lethal 1931 explosion concentrated under a California woman's bed. That's odd. A um, spray of inexplicable coal explosions in England, France, and elsewhere in 1921 to 1923, seen as, or seen by some as related to miners' grievances, uh, that's minor as in coal miner. Uh, and so the, the chapter speculates on vengeful motives and destructive desires being connected to violent phenomena manifesting at a distance from their source. It sees the explosions as evidence that psychic bombs, in quotation marks there, might be tossed by mystical means. So listen to that. And I mean, just think of all the, that is something we hear about so much now. Um, and that is just really amazing. That whole idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the chat here. Uh, Jeff in the chat says, or throwing coins in a well for good luck. Yeah. Going back to that last chapter. Uh, PDG in the chat says, gosh, I've been stuck in a ice fog. Thanks, James. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, that's a really amazing chapter there. Just going, uh, continuing the idea of um, people being able to just give off energy that can cause all these odd events. And um, so, yeah, that's just more of that. And, and going back to the 1800s to early 1900s. So let me get to this next chapter here. One moment. All right. My nose doesn't bother me tonight. So sorry about that, everyone. Um, Moving on to chapter, uh, looks like 16, yep, okay. This chapter reflects on the human tendency to always try to uh, solve mysteries when, in an ultimate sense, there are no real solutions. It sees problems, solutions, uh, social issues, and intellectual theories as part of the same shifting uh, something, nothing, in quotation marks there, something, dash, nothing, nature of existence. It discusses how elements come together in creative syntheses where minerals forming crystals, biological adaptation, or human ideas and theories taking shape. Uh, it compares this to how uh, Charles Fort is assembling and arranging various curious data, not necessarily aiming at a practical purpose, but simply an aesthetic uh, composition. The chapter uh, examines how even supposedly useless, in quotation marks, intellectual exercises like Einstein's relativity theories, oh yeah, useless, anyway, um, I'm joking there, ended up having unintended uses and consequences. It considers the possibility that these strange phenomena uh, 
discussed, like psychokinetic events, may someday turn out to have uh, unanticipated practical uh, I lost other practical applications. But this is not uh, Charles Fort's primary intent. Um, so let me see. Ultimately, the chapter rejects the notion that mysteries must be solved, in quotation marks, instead seeing a kind of beauty in accepting the unexplained as part of life's uh, kaleidoscopic variety without demanding definitive solutions. The aim is uh, appreciating phenomena for their own sake. And uh, let me see here. Yep, that's it for that chapter. And I, I love that chapter. I love that idea, those ideas. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I sort of have started to take more, more and more of that approach when it comes to all these things. I don't, I'm okay with not knowing what everything is because there's just so much. How is one person supposed to know what is causing all these things to happen? Um, how is even any kind of society at any point in time supposed to know all the things that are happening? I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's possible. Uh, so I think we make progress and actually I, I really think that, I mean, overall the species makes steps forward and backward and all around. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I like that summary and I like, um, sort of those ideas there. I definitely recommend if you all are, in, are interested in, in reading the whole, the, the material, um, check those books out because what you're not getting in these summaries is Fort's writing style, which is very, um, it's different. And at sometimes it can be sort of confusing, but overall it's, it's, it's really neat to read. It's, it's not as straightforward as these summaries maybe make it seem like it is. So, uh, moving on to the next chapter here. Uh, let me see here. Chapter 17. This chapter discusses a series of mysterious disappearances and, and quotation marks there, accidents involving aircraft and automobiles in the early 20th century. Some specific cases covered are as follows. In March of 1922, a British pilot named Holding mysteriously disappeared while flying over Wales. His plane was found, but there was no trace of him. In July of 1924, two British pilots disappeared after their plane landed inexplicably in the desert in Mesopotamia. Their footprints were tracked for 40 yards and then abruptly ended, suggesting they had been captured, but no further traces were found. In September of 1923, there were multiple cases of French planes forced to land inexplicably while flying over Germany. This led to speculation, of course, that the Germans were using secret rays in, quota in quotation marks to target the planes. In April and May of 1927 in England, there were three cases of automobiles behaving strangely or crashing in ways that suggested an unknown influence, in quotation marks there. In October of 1930, 
around 40 cars were mysteriously stalled on a road, uh, 1930, in um, Saxony, Germany, also suggesting secret experiments with rays. Uh, the, the chapter notes various theories floated to explain these incidents, including wireless radio rays, uh, wireless slash radio rays, powerful new rays that can stop engines and other occult explanations, but most are dismissed by experts. The, um, the cases remain unsolved mysteries. The chapter shows a fascination with these unexplained vehicle incidents and the possibility of secret new weapons or rays being developed by military powers in the early 20th century. But it ultimately, ultimately presents no definitive explanations. So that's that chapter. I never heard of vehicles um, that far back. Whoops, I just opened the wrong program. That's all right. Um, that far back being uh, affected or having issues like that. Multiple, I think it's like 30 or 40 cars. And this is back before any kind of computers, uh, as far as I know. Um, so, I mean, my, hardly any electronics going on there, I think. And so... Yeah, I don't know if it's powerful, ra powerful rays or not, but some kind of force. I wonder if electromagnetic forces would have stopped vehicles that far back. Um, I don't know. So um, Derek in the chat says, I love how powerful rays are the peak of sci-fi technology for that time. Uh, we are far off, I don't think, but it's framed way differently at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I like I, I like the ideas there. I could I wonder about that, about the possibility of, of course, experiments by any government or military, but also just the idea of other forces. And I mean, we've heard so many accounts of this um, over the years. Other forces or other entities having um, effects on vehicles like that. Um, so okay. So yeah, uh, PDG in the chat says no cars have should uh, cars should have been just gas powered, no extras. That's what I thought, especially back then. You wouldn't have a lot going on there with electronics to to for like an electromagnetic magnetic field to mess with. But then there are accounts of objects being physically stopped, not involving electronics. I've heard of um, people who have tried to shoot at creatures or entities and their physical weapon, their gun would not, the device, the mechanical parts would not work. So is this just a larger version of that? Um, that I have no idea. So, um, but it's possible. That's, uh, that's amazing. We just flew through this episode already. Um, so definitely we'll continue this next time. And, uh, Again, next week will be two of these episodes, as usual, along with, um, with two of the True Paranormal Stories from the Web episodes. We'll be starting those again next week. So looking forward to that. As always, I do prefer those are my favorite shows to do. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, I know we have probably over, well, about a minute left. Not 
not so much now, actually. Good. We're getting close. Um, but there's just not enough time to read another chapter. And uh, But yeah, Magic PDG says in the chat, thank you all again for being here. And, um, and yeah, different different mutants, X-Men, could explain almost every story tonight. Yeah. But thank you all for being here, and I will talk to you all on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.